Hi, I'm Mark, and thank you for joining me on Words of Truth today. I like light. When the sun is shining, well, I like to go outside and enjoy it. And when I enter into a dark room and turn on the light, I enjoy being able to see what's in that room. When I drive through a dark tunnel in my car, if my headlights don't come on automatically, well, I turn them on. You see, when there's light, I can see more clearly. I won't stub my toe on a piece of furniture in the dark. The grass looks greener and the flowers look more vibrant. Light keeps me from driving into another car or run into the wall of a dark tunnel. Light is always good. The problem is that we as Christians, well, we're living in a very dark world. And when I say a dark world, I'm talking about a spiritual and moral darkness. You see, we live in a world that calls good bad and bad good. Contrary to some who believe that our world would get better and better until finally Christ comes, well, the opposite is actually true. It doesn't take a genius to see that our world is on a continual downward spiral that is affecting everything in its path, from sports to politics, the family and relationships and society as a whole. And the challenge is how we as followers of Jesus can live for Jesus in this kind of a culture without compromising and caving in to its ideals. I want you to listen to the advice given to us by the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 to 16. This is what he said, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. In the Gospel of John, Jesus is called the true light, which gives, gives light to everyone. And throughout the New Testament, the followers of Jesus are called to be lights in the darkness. And so that doesn't mean that uh, we, uh, we are wallflowers, but, but, but it means that we need to shine in the midst of darkness. What does that mean? What does it mean to shine in the midst of darkness? Well, it means that we're going to have to live counterculture to the world we live in. You see, we live in a world that's full of strife and hate and confusion. But Paul told us in Romans chapter 13, verse 12, to cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. You see, even though we're children of God by inheritance, it's our responsibility to make the right choice to cast off the darkness. Because why? Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. In other words, we cast off the darkness as we cooperate with the Holy Spirit in us. And while other people are chasing after physical pleasures and selfish gain, well, we're commanded to live a different way. We're commanded to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and to make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. We're also called to live as light in the darkness by being in the world. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, let your light shine before others. And he went on to give an illustration. He said that 
no one lights a lamp just to hide it under a basket. Why? Well, because a lamp is meant to be placed on a stand to give light to everything around it. And that means that whether you're a timid or outgoing person, all of us are called to be a light to the people around us. You see, we don't just shine the light when we're at church, but we shine it at work and at school and in the grocery store and on the sports field. The only way our light can have an impact is if we're interacting with people and cultivating a relationship with him. But also, shining the light means that we need to always point back to the source of our light. When Jesus said to let your light shine before others, well, that wasn't the whole sentence. He went on to give us the reason why it's important to shine. He said, so that they may see your good works and give glory to God, your Father, who is in heaven. In other words, our goal should never be to simply bring recognition to ourselves, but rather to bring glory to God. Don't you love it when successful athletes go to a knee, pointing to heaven, giving glory to God? Or when they're in, a, in, an, in an interview, they begin by giving thanks to God? You see, there's a fine line between being a light and putting on a show to get attention. It's really a matter of the heart. But there are some things that can keep us from shining the light of Christ. Jesus gave the illustration in Matthew chapter 7, verse 3. Why, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Someone once said that it's easy to see the shine of a new diamond right from across the room. But over time, that shine can dull as dust collects on it. How true. In the same way, sin can dull the shine of the light of Christ through our lives. A life that once sparkled with the joy of Christ, well, it can become clouded with the love of the things of this world, or by envy and pride and even arrogance. You see, before you can be a light to others, take a look at them in the mirror and see if sin has in any way dulled the evidence of Christ in you. Or maybe you can just stop and ask God to reveal anything in you that might be that you might be ignoring or you might be even justifying, but it's sin and it's hiding the light of Christ. David said, uh, Lord, search my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me. Ask God to forgive you and to help you to change your heart. And so how exactly do you shine? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Because Paul begins in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 by saying, do not, do not be conformed to this world. You see, being a light sounds great. It's a little abstract, though, don't you think? And so let me help us to see how we can avoid being conformed to this world. First, be careful with your speech. James chapter 3 verse 8 tells us, a restless evil, the tongue is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Now, that's a pretty vivid description, isn't it? But that's how seriously we should take our speech. My parents used to tell me, if you don't have anything nice to say, well, don't say anything at all. And that's not bad advice even for today. Words are powerful and they can be used for good or for bad. 
You can either build somebody up with your words or tear them down. You can either make a person's reputation positive by what you say about them, or you can easily destroy their reputation. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Another thing we need to pay attention to is what we engage in for entertainment. Where do you go for fun? What shows or movies do you watch? What kind of music do you listen to? And here's a thought. Would you go to the same places or watch the same movies or shows and listen to the same music if Jesus were sitting next to you? I know it might sound kind of silly, but by asking that question, it's a good way of keeping yourself in check. Because the reality is that Jesus is sitting right next to you. And I think he must be grieved by a lot of what we engage in for entertainment today. You know, in my house, I have something for my TV called a remote control. Have you ever seen one of those? (laughs) Maybe you have. And that means that I don't even have to get up to change the channel. I just have to push a button. And oftentimes I do because Jesus is sitting right in the room with me. I I also might suggest to you that you take a second look at how you're using your social media and to use it wisely. You see, people are watching what we post, whether they interact with a post or not. They're watching. So just give a pause before you hit that post button. Take a second look at the articles and comments and pictures you post. Could they be seen as prideful, self-centered, rude, even indecent? And you know, when people view your post, what are they thinking about your character? What are your motives for posting that thought or that picture or article or even when you like a particular post? Always be conscious of how this will affect the light of Christ shining through you. The final thing I'd like to say about shining our light is to always think of others. You see, shining the light means always thinking about how we can help somebody else in need, whether it be a smile at a grumpy store clerk, a prayer for a friend, or a donation at a food bank. Instead of criticizing the actions of somebody you disagree with, encourage them. Be patient with rude people. Give people the benefit of the doubt. You aren't walking in their shoes. If you hear gossip, distance yourself from it or change the subject. And remember that everyone is made and loved by God and he wants to shine his love into their lives. Luke chapter 6, verse 31 says, Treat others the same way you would want them to treat you. This week, let's go out and shine some light for the glory of God. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you'll come back next week for another episode and that you'll pass this one along to a friend.